there, listeners. This is Dean Wirtz with Pen Pals, bringing you Philadelphia's stories from a distance. And today we have Daniela Shmolovich, the president of the Postback Society. And we're here to talk about, it's a little bit more of a relaxed fit episode, if you will. And we're kind of just talking about how we got to where we are in the sense of kind of family influence and kind of what we do with our, like, free time now as it is starting to wear a little bit but it's not like we're like oh so busy no time for anything because I think that's a huge thought about getting into medicine about what you give up but what you still have at your disposal you know so if you want to give us a little bit of background on yourself Daniela where you're from what schooling you've done cool activities along the way yeah sure um so thanks for having me first off um this is very fun i've enjoyed listening to all of the podcasts so far uh so a bit about me i am from pittsburgh pennsylvania it's where most of my family is currently so not too far from philly um although i guess people think that they're closer than they are they're actually like a five-hour drive apart um but so from pittsburgh i did my undergrad at cornell university in ithaca new york um, so that was from like 2010 to 2013, and I majored in biology and society, and minored in science and technology studies, just sort of just, um, well, we can get into that later <laughs> if you want, but it was, it was essentially just, I wanted to explore different classes and I was really interested in this like intersection of where the hard sciences met the humanities. So both of those, um, lent to being able to take classes that, that fit that description or that interest of mine. Um, and then I also did a master's program in California at University of Southern California, Los Angeles. Um, and that was in communication management. And um, I kind of went from an undergrad being more focused on like how scientific findings are communicated to the general public to then in grad school really liking learning about how to deliver like population specific communications and what that meant you know for people i guess actually understanding the core messages or following um what they were supposed to do or like what the message was intended to elicit uh i guess <laughs> i don't know i mean i can go into more detail but i grew up being interested in a lot of different things. So I was involved in like all of the sports. I played soccer, ran track. I was really interested in like all of the subjects, honestly. Um, so science and math mostly, but I also really liked writing and, and English. I took like a science fiction class in high school that I really liked. Um, and that kind of continued honestly a little into to undergrad where I ended up getting involved on the um, the Cornell Roses, which is like a club ultimate Frisbee team, which was really fun. I hadn't done that before. Um, I was involved in a few clubs. I ended up joining a sorority and I was philanthropy chair for that sorority. And um, really, I, I guess in high school and in, in undergrad, my focus was on trying to get as many like experiences as possible and to explore as much as I could to sort of help decide what I liked and didn't like because I left high school still being a bit unsure of of what I wanted to do. So to attack that one right there, do yeah. you think it was more that you were trying to accrue new experiences? Were you getting bored of things quickly and wanted to pick up new things? Or were you like a yes girl just saying yes to every opportunity that would come your way? You know, I don't know if it was boredom so much. I think I just, yeah, it's funny. My mom would probably say that it's um, not so much the yes girl, but I just really was excited to learn about and try new things. And that was sort of like always, I think that's part of my nature. Like she used to tell me how, I don't know, we'd be somewhere and they'd like ask for a volunteer to go first to try to like, climb up a big rock climbing wall or something and I'd be like I've never rock climbed but yes like let me I guess that is a yes girl. I don't know whatever yeah. um but I 
I really just wanted to to try new things and I was interested in just like absorbing and learning as much as possible um so yeah I don't I don't know that it was necessarily that I was getting bored I think I I really just was like wow there's so much to learn that I couldn't pick what I wanted to do what an exciting world <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that's I think that's a very interesting thing I kind of grew up with a similar idea but kind of tacked on to that was that there's no chance you can be really good at something for the first time so it's totally fine if you're bad at it so I think that kind of added to having a similar experience that you had but a very like jarring difference that we had was that your father is a medical doctor. So if you want to get into that a little bit about how that affected your kind of transition from what seems more like a marketing role and yeah. moving over to medicine. Yeah, definitely. I guess, um, so it's worth mentioning for the listeners, I am coming, I came into this post back program having been working in uh, marketing and product management for the three years prior. Um, and then even during grad school, I worked in marketing or communications roles within like different organizations as I was doing different internships, trying to figure out what I wanted to do. Um, so I do come from a marketing comm meets like business background. Again, I guess I couldn't really decide within that what I wanted to do um, necessarily. I just knew I, I found it really interesting and, um, and thought that I, I could be effective in a marketing role, which I was for a few years. Um, but in high school, I kind of mentioned I was I was interested and probably more like apt at the sciences and math classes that I was taking. Um, so, and I should also preface like I I think it was something that I enjoyed doing. I really liked it. I I clearly wanted to continue studying it in some capacity in undergrad, but, you know, high school, a lot of stuff's going on. Um, a lot of people are like, what do you want to pursue? What are you going to do? Uh, and I think that for me, I had a lot of people, not even necessarily my family specifically, but a lot of people were asking me what I wanted to do and expressing that I might be good or that good at, or, or it might be good for me to pursue either medicine or engineering. Um, but coming, you mentioned my dad is a, a physician, he's a cardiologist, and I actually have, um, there's been like a, a physician in that side of the family in every generation, like dating back generations and generations. And um, within my generation of like, I'm one of four kids, and with my cousins, I, I think was sort of like pegged younger on as the one who might go into medicine if any of us did not that it was required at all um the point i the reason for me bringing that up is just to say that i i definitely had exposure to medicine from a young age but i think the interesting part of it is that i i didn't just see medicine as being this like flashy like yay you get to save lives sort of job i saw it also from the perspective of it being something that was um like full of obstacles and, and charged with like a lot of responsibility um, and that the path wasn't necessarily the easiest but it was rewarding so for instance for my dad uh, he came to the states when he was 25 to pursue medicine here he had done med school in argentina and came to the states when he was 25 and ended up having to you know do all of the equivalent testing in in english and apply into residency programs and internship programs like as a um, like a foreign student, which was very difficult. And then he chose a specialty, which I think is notoriously one that you are asked to dedicate a lot of time to. And it's, you know, it's a long process. And all the while he's, you know, married and has four kids and it's, it's a big decision, right? So when I was in high school, I was looking at even just my dad and I was like, wow, you know, he's like so dedicated to what he's doing and he's so like passionate about it. And he's an amazing cardiologist. Like I used to go into the office with him all the time um, back when you didn't necessarily, especially when I was younger, like back when you like could just be in the hospital, um, like watching it on a cath lab. And I loved it. And I, I loved it because I 
saw him sort of like in his element and he was always like just so good at the patients and really happy and that was something that I looked at and I was like wow that looks great um but to me it required the ability to be able to say like this is 100% what I want to do because there's also that side of it that's like wow you know it takes years and years of studying all of this training um you're committing yourself to serving you know your patients first most of the time right which means like if you do want to have a family obviously that's something to think about too like you're dedicating a lot of your time to being in the hospital and to being with patients um and when i was 17 like a senior 17 before i'm going to college i to be honest was just like not in a place maturity wise and and just in terms of like being sure that i wanted to pursue it where i was comfortable or willing to make that decision and the nice thing is that I think my family's always been supportive and understanding of that. Like, again, I sort of mentioned they never really pushed me into medicine, which is very nice coming from a family where there's a lot of physicians. Um, but, you know, me being like, oh, I'm not going to pursue this until I'm absolutely sure was something that was always supported. So when I was like, I want to study this instead or try this and then ended up like, you know, taking some time. I actually lived in Argentina for a few months after I graduated because I wanted to test working within like a lab setting, which was not really for me. But um, but my family has always been really supportive of me sort of following what I was interested in and where my passions were and exploring prior to diving into something, especially if it if it's something like medicine, which is it is a big commitment. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I thought it was really interesting what you were saying about how like the the helping people aspect of being a doctor that's, you know, kind of at the forefront what people think about, but how you said that the responsibility, the heavy responsibility was very interesting to you. So it wasn't that you were like scared of having that responsibility. You were actually interested in bearing it. Yeah, I mean, I think yeah, you know, it's it's interesting. I really do. I think I've what something I've learned about myself, especially more recently, is that I do tend to actually like perform better, thrive in environments where I am given more responsibility um, or like decision making power. And I I think like at the time, even back when I was in high school, to me that was something that still interested me about this like about medicine it was like wow you you know it's a big decision and you like you have a lot of responsibility to your patients to your coworkers, to the hospital like in so many ways and part of that actually i liked um but the issue was more that i i also liked other things so mm -hmm. it was like medicine was always interesting to me but i also was passionate about other things that i that I wanted to, I wanted to like, I didn't want to do a disservice to myself by jumping into something um, too quickly without really taking the time to confirm if it was the right fit for me. So to me, that was like, okay, well then that means I need to try other things. And, and if something else is going to make me just as happy um, or, or just as fulfilled, then that might be something that I could I should consider doing, knowing what medicine requires of you. Just from, you know, hearing stories from my dad or my grandma or family friends or my own physicians. It's just, you know, I don't I think it's another decision I, I think people should really take lightly. Yeah, definitely. And like you hear those stories about how couples will be like, okay, I can get pregnant in the first or second year of medical school <laughs> so that I'll have time to be able to like raise the kid to be an old enough age that I can send him to daycare once I'm getting the residency and like all that crazy planning that's going into it so yeah it's yeah, yeah it's a lot it's a lot and I don't know um I mean I don't know if it was the same for you if you were aware you know going into undergrad or if you were even thinking about medicine going into undergrad um of sort of you know the other things that medicine entails in addition to just being like yay you get to like help patients and help people and you know make people feel better and maybe save them yeah i 
my experience was a little bit different only because uh, the big doctor in my family was my grandfather and he was more on the research side of medicine and like the academic side. And uh, he was always pushing kind of like academia in medicine and going through my own high school experience. I think the only class I ever did somewhat okay in was English on the back half of high school. And uh, for me, I was thinking, I don't like these restrictions. I don't want to just be a walking dictionary and just regurgitate facts about torque and chemistry and other physics stuff. And like, that's where that boundary was broken as I had more experiences with the hospital setting, even though initially I just thought it was a very smelly and depressing place. But, <laughs> um, because my mom saw that I was kind of interested in the kind of just like puzzle solving that goes into kind of diagnosis and things like that. And I just liked talking to my grandfather about just the world in general. So she's like, just volunteer at the hospital, do the wheelchair stuff walk people around, get them to their appointments. I'm like, all right, I'll do it. And it depressed the heck out of me. It always smelled like sanitizer. And like these people, I mean, it's, it's full. No one's in the hospital because they're very healthy, like for the most part. No. And, um, and it, that kind of turned me off to it. But as I got more and more through college, I kind of started where you kind of look at a bad, not a bad experience, but like an experience one way when it's happening or immediately after. And then you kind of look back retrospectively and like, I actually really pulled a lot out of that and then kind of jumping back into doing wheelchair services for the hospital where I was up at University of Vermont, I saw that and I'm like, this is pretty neat. <laughs> and you kind of like have a new look on it and then kind of seeing it's not just regurgitating facts, it's really that patient doctor contact. And I don't know, I'd rather spend like years of my life trying to figure something out to do with medicine than to kind of waste away doing something that I wasn't really that interested in. And uh, I don't know. I think that it's it's an interesting thing to weigh when um, looking against like how you see school fitting into the role of society. Like I feel like to, the biggest thing about medicine more than the time commitment is being like, yeah, like I love school. Like <laughs> I wanna just keep doing that. And like, it is lifelong learning, but I feel like that to me is the biggest, oh. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it does take a lot of, it takes a lot of time and it's interesting. I know you sort of came into the postdoc a little bit sooner after graduating undergrad than I did, but it's interesting for me because I, at this point, you know, I, like I graduated undergrad in 2013. I, um, and then I did my grad program and I worked for a few years and I think it was, um, I mean, there's a number of things that kind of led to my decision to ultimately pursue it, but let's like chalk it up to a few interactions that were more like caregiver healthcare related situations that were ended up being more fulfilling than like the work that I was doing in um, marketing and product management. And that says something because, you know, I was in this role where I was having a lot of flexibility in terms of like where I had to work. So I was traveling a lot. I was getting to like work remote, um, the hours sort of were like slightly flexible, a bit of like what I made it. So I, yeah, when I told, when like, when I tell, told people that I was like going to pursue medicine, um, they're sort of like, why? Like you have this great setup, like why would you want to leave? Uh, and I think that was really the the big thing for me because it was like, I I had finally, you know, tested enough things and and, um really like i also took a lot of time to reflect on experiences that i had had in like the two years prior to me you know starting the program mm -hmm. and i just like it really it said something to me that i finally had felt comfortable being like no this is like definitely what i want to do and i'm willing to do it in my late 20s and i'm willing to like be in school potentially for another like four to 10 years and I'm um I don't know and like I I guess it's there's something that's really like liberating about making that decision uh in that way because I I feel like when people are like oh well it's like really late to be pursuing this now or if not that people say that all the time I think that's kind of like a myth but um 
or at least I shouldn't say a myth, that's not my experience. Mm -hmm. uh, so I don't want to say that that's not what other people experience. I'm sure that that's, that happens a lot. But for me, um, you know, when people ask me if it's like, if I'm concerned about starting later, like being not starting to be a physician until later, it's like, I, um, I have a little bit of flexibility or not flexibility. I, I have the confidence now to be like, no, it's, it's really fine because at this point, like I'm doing what I really want to be doing and it doesn't really matter like when I get there. Um, and we talked about family briefly. There's actually like, I think my grandma, um, my dad's mom gave me a lot of like, uh, the freedom to to try to do this later in life not that i wouldn't have made the decision still but her story is actually pretty interesting too so um just as an aside she, she also did med school in argentina which is like six years there and she started med school and then ended up after like being married and she ended up getting pregnant with my dad who's the first of three kids and just it was her personal decision but also i think you know socially and culturally it's it's a bit more common to do this she left to be a full-time mom um but if you met my grandma you would know that her nature is to always finish what she started especially if she is passionate about it and interested in it so she uh was a full-time mom from the time that she had my dad until he actually like went to med school and she went back to med school with him when he did and she finished med school in her 40s and then practiced for a few years and still like talks about it as though it was like a, a great decision like she would never she wouldn't change it and she got a lot of fulfillment out of being able to you know finish that goal of hers and also like get to help people still even if it was for five years versus 30 or you know whatever it might be and i think i i hear that story and i see like my grandma as an example to be like you know whenever you decide to pursue if if you decide to pursue this path it doesn't really matter when you do as long as you are like sure that it's what you want to do and if you're sure that it's what you want to do then it really doesn't really matter how uh, old you are <laughs> and that's about your grandma that's definitely a nut we have to come back to and crack but i do want to bring up the thing <laughs> that you were saying earlier about how you were going through and then you decided to flip the script and then now you're going to pursue medicine where i think it's a very interesting thing we have in our society that you get on a track and you keep going on it and i think that it's very rock and roll that you were just thinking that's not necessarily what i want to do i'm not depressed in my current position but i think what I want to do is kind of pursue this. And honestly, I personally didn't have that kind of bravery where I was like, I could go out in the field, but you know, let's just, let's go with medicine. And like, it was something, but I, I guess it was different because my thought process was happening my last year and a half of college where you kind of started going, you were already in the work world doing things, then came back. So I think it's a very interesting way that you kind of definitely took more of a 180 where mine was kind of like a, 102 degrees, maybe kind of a little bit of a turn, but so yeah. it's, it's definitely a fascinating thing. What were you going to say? Well, I also want to, I want to take a minute though, to really say like, I'm, I'm very fortunate. Um, and I know I'm fortunate that I had a family that sort of like supported me in making those decisions. Not, not necessarily saying it was like financial support or anything like that, but even just having people who are like in your corner supporting you being like, yeah, you know, I think like I'm, following my passion. I want to explore this thing. Um, even if it means I might have to like spend some money to do it, or even if it means I'm kind of like starting over again, uh, in my late twenties, which I think is a very scary thought for a lot of people. But I, I, um, I was going into it with a mindset, like if it's something I want to do, I'll make it work. And if it takes me a long time, if I need to be like working full time while doing it, or if I need to take a few years to do it, um, that's okay. And I, I just want to note, like, I know that my circumstances and like my family situation is not the same for everyone. So I, I understand how it, it can definitely be a more difficult decision for a lot of people. Um, I'm just very grateful that I had 
you know, a supportive family, supportive friends who, when I told them I wanted to do this, they were like, awesome. That's a great, yeah, you should do that. You know? And instead of being like, Ooh, well, like, are you sure you're kind of older now? Or you, you seem to be like finding success in what you're doing now. Like, are you sure you want to leave this company when you're like doing pretty well in it? And you have all of this flexibility, like you're giving up a lot. So I, I just want to take a, a quick minute <laughs> to, um, to say that I know, I know that it, it must be, or it can be a more difficult decision for people to make, especially if they are older or, um, they don't have the support network that, that I'm very lucky to have. Yeah. And I think, uh, like independent of circumstances, having this familial network to completely support you in kind of different facets, like for me, at least, I don't know your experience, but sister handles like day to day, dad kind of emotional stuff, mom, you know, everything in between there. So it's just, it's, they handle different pockets, but yeah, having that support is very crucial. And I mean, there's ways to do it without it, I'm sure, but it does make it a little bit easier. Yeah. It's funny too. Um, I mean, I know, I know we'll get into this in a bit with just like choosing what to get involved in and, and, um, like extracurriculars or working or whatever it might be while in the pursuit of just like finishing classes and applying to med school. But I, since we're talking about family, I know for me, I feel like I need to just like <laughs> give a shout out to my dad or something really quickly, just because I told you, you know, for him, I, I, I don't think I acknowledged it when I was in high school or, or even like middle school or anything, um, how difficult it must've been to like leave your, your family and your friends and like your your like native language to come to the states to like pursue this thing but i you know at this stage of my life i have such respect for um the like work that he put in and his dedication to pursuing this that uh it's funny because now you know in moments where i'm like oh my gosh like something might be really hard or am i like taking on too much um I like talk to him and he's always the one that's like, oh, well, if anyone can do it, you can do it, you know? And it's like so nice. And I think that's that's just his nature too, though, because I, I know I've talked to him about this. It's like having that positive mindset and and really like um, having like positive imagery of, of like your goals and what you want, I think is helpful um, in both you just like accomplishing those things, but, and like knowing that you you can, but also, I mean, as an aside, I think it helps when you are deciding what's important for you to like dedicate your time to in the pursuit of that thing. Yeah. And I think that actually transitions well to something else I wanted to talk about more down the road, but since it's kind of already on there, uh, the concept of imposter syndrome, because we're kind of in this very crucial time of almost applying to med school. And we've kind of gone through the classes that have, in my opinion, part of it may be to weed you out a little bit. But uh, I think that it, it does, it doesn't really impact me personally, but I do think it's a very interesting concept of once you're there feeling that you shouldn't be. And because I was definitely raised in a household of kind of the reverse of the failure to plan is a plan for failure. Kind of a plan for failure is the failure to plan, like kind of just taking it back there because if you're planning, it's not going to work out. It's not going to work out. I mean, it doesn't matter what you think about it will inevitably crumble. And uh, I think that it is an interesting thing because there can be pressure, whether it's from yourself or from others around you. And that kind of goes back to this network that you were talking about and how your dad went through so much and kind of getting his like, you can do it, Danny. It means it pushes you to the next level. I have a similar thing with my family where it's, but I feel like it's, it's, it's just got to be tough for people that don't feel like it's, they're supposed to be there. Yeah, it, I guess I want to quickly clarify when you're talking about imposter syndrome, do you mean like making being a career changer and making the decision to pursue medicine um, and like being at the stage where we're like, we're about to apply and, you know, we're like pursuing this path and maybe we're not supposed like we're coming across as though we're like meant for it, but we're having feelings of maybe I'm not meant for it or what? Ooh, I guess more from the perspective of just doubt in general. Like you're here, 
your credentials on paper still good. You just don't feel like you should be there, whether your career changing, going on a little bit more, nothing about your past, just about where you stand right now and feeling uncomfortable there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I, it's, you know, it's really interesting. I think right now um, is a big time for that because we are all getting ready to apply and you hear, I mean, you know, the application process is just getting ready for everything and studying for the MCAT is, is a grueling process. And you hear about statistics like this is how many people apply or I don't know about you when I signed up for the MCAT there were like x thousand number of people involved like in line waiting to sign up for a test and I was like oh my gosh like am I cut out for this um or like will people see that that I uh this is what I want to be doing um and I think that alone is is kind of hard and and when you're in, in an environment where you're surrounded by so many other like qualified people um like i don't know about you i look around and i see i like i'm so impressed by so many people in our program just from their like experiences and their like dedication and or their like um their drive in like doing study like studying or what they're doing outside of the classroom i'm just like constantly impressed by people and what they're like what they're yeah i guess in the classroom and outside of the classroom and then also in how they're they've been like stepping up to help their like fellow students especially this last year with covid that i think it's easy to look around and be like oh my gosh like do i belong here but um i don't know i think it's comforting to me again having had the experience of really like thinking through and testing other things, I think that that gives me personally some confidence of like, okay, I know this is like, I know this is like what I want to be doing, right? Um, and then also just seeing and getting to talk to so many different like physicians, um, be it just, you know, personally and the people I work with or the people that we've gotten, we've like been able to hear speak through UPenn AMLA events or like whatever it is. I just, you hear so many people, um, talk about their paths and they're so different, right? So you you could have like 10 different people all ending up at the same place, all ending up ending up like being physicians and not only physicians, but like, you know, great physicians at an amazing university setting or, or you know, doing, doing great things and even in their own like practice or whatever it might be. And their paths look completely different. Um, and it's funny, I actually, I just, uh, just speaking, I'm speaking about that, like I, just um, heard a quote yesterday that was, um, it's like, uh, write your write your passion in pen and your path in pencil. And I like loved that because I think it's really, it's kind of cheesy, but like it's really applicable to, um, to I think career changers especially, right? Like we're all, we all have identified that this is our passion and this is what we wanna do, but we're all coming at it already from like, totally different paths mm -hmm. um and i think that especially in this last year like we've all had to adapt and make changes and um you know maybe you like lay out an initial plan and that didn't happen and it's okay to like erase that section and like change it change it to something else so i don't know i yeah i i, I know that it it's there and i definitely have moments of um not so much like doubt myself but moments where I'm like, oh, I don't, you know, like, was this the right way of pursuing things? I don't know. But um, I think it's just important to think back and like go to like the heart of like why you're pursuing this path. And if that is, if that's like a strong enough reason for you, then you're like where you're supposed to be. Yeah, I, I really like what you said about how exposure kind of quells the beast a little bit by seeing people how they got there and it's not necessarily the traditional path where it's very funny because it's gotten so convoluted and diluted in the same way i don't know what the traditional path is anymore because anyone who's <laughs> ever told me what their path is they're like oh, yeah i've taken a non-traditional path and they just i've never heard someone say yeah, yeah this is my traditional path and this is how it went so i think it doesn't exist <laughs> it is i mean and i think that's a testament to to 
like how medicine is now. I think more people are taking time to confirm that it's what they want to be doing and, and they're coming into it later. And I think there's, you know, people have identified that there's a benefit to doing that. And in terms of like how people perform in med school, even, um, you know, after having a few years in the workforce or after having tried like something else, um, because I think like it's easy to, if you've been, I think the traditional path is more like you know you want to be a doctor since you're like four years old and you go into undergrad and you're pre-med and then you apply straight through and you start med school. And I think that, I mean, I don't know, I didn't do that, but I can imagine that it, it might be easy um, to get like burnt out a little if you like continue in that that way where you're just like, okay, I'm just like grinding through. Um, mm -hmm. And I think the fact that so many people are now like, I'm a non-traditional student or I took a non-traditional path. Um, to me, that's motivating. And I think kind of like what you said, it's like, I think that helps overcome that feeling of like being an imposter or, or maybe not being like well-suited for the field. Yeah. And I think it's also helpful that with what you were saying about being so impressed by the people that you're surrounded by in this program, I think it's another way to look at it is you're standing there with them, you know, like it, yeah. it honestly gives me some self-confidence being like, you know, I'm, 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 I'm playing ball <laughs> yeah. with the people that are also here. I think that gives me a little bit of self-assurance, but you know, each their own. No, and, uh, I completely agree. Yeah. I was just going to go on to say that speaking of, you know, talking all about this thing we're working towards, what do we do when we're not doing this, uh, kind of how that's changed as things have gotten more ever present. I mean, even more than the hours we put into this or whatever you want to call it, um, the fact that it's just always there. You have to be thinking about the chemistry or the biochem or the MCAT or stuff like that, where it's kind of harder to have empty time and space to kind of do other activities and just talking about how you, what you do personally for that. Yeah. You know, I think it's, well, so first, um, I think that for us, I don't know if you've experienced this, but I can see how, um, for people in our situation who are completing all of the pre-med requirements in like a year or two years instead of four, um, or maybe we like realized we wanted to pursue medicine later, how I can feel like there's more pressure to fit everything in, in such a short amount of time. And people talk about like having a checklist of like, do you do research? Do you do like volunteering? Are you getting clinical hours? Are you succeeding in your classes and I think a lot of that can feel a little bit like suffocating especially for people who are trying to do this in a shorter amount of time um, or who maybe like came to this decision later in life um, but I think for me I know I try to remind myself to just again like you know stay focused on the things that are bringing me like joy within be it be it medically related or not um, and continue to pursue those things while I'm going through this process and not just focus on like, oh no, like I don't have 500 volunteer hours, like some, cause somehow you'd be able to get that in COVID. Like, you know what I mean? Like during COVID, I just, I think that's really helpful for me. Um, it's interesting because historically, I mean, I told you, right? Like on high school and undergrad, I was involved in a lot of things, but I also, think like it was easier to be involved in a lot of things then because I, I don't know I mean I don't know if you had the same experience but like high school wise it just was like they kind of made it easy they were like here are sports you can do here are clubs you can join like um and so it was it was easy to kind of do and that was a little bit I think the first time I had to start to be like oh like how do I manage this is or like are there things that I need to like let go of to be better at time management was a little bit in undergrad. Um, obviously, like undergrad was harder <laughs> than high school. Bringing mm -hmm. uh, Cornell, it's a tough, tough school at times. Um, and I was still taking some like science related classes. And I actually was in some classes with pre-meds, 
but I, you know, was not pre-med at the time. Um, that's just the way that Cornell kind of sets it up. Mm -hmm. So I was trying to do that and I was trying to balance, you know, clubs and um, like my philanthropy chair thing. And then I also like I was doing the club ultimate thing, which is a pretty like pe people don't know. It's actually pretty intense. It's like pretty time demanding. I don't know if it's all teams, but my team was like practicing for two and a half to three hours every day for five days a week. And then you do like five tournaments a semester. So it was pretty involved. Um, and I think like really by the end of college, I, I started to be like, okay, like what is actually like serving me? Do I need to like let go of some of these clubs that I'm in? Because I definitely had moments where I'm like, I'm taking on too much. Um, and I think that over the last 10 years, you know, since first starting to have that mentality of being like, ooh, okay, like maybe I'm doing too many things uh, because that was just like how I was. I, I like told you, I like get excited to try everything. Um, over the last 10 years, I really sort of tried to be better and tried to like develop the skill of assessing like, okay, I might be interested in these things, but like, what do I realistically have the bandwidth to do? And what is like serving me now? Um, towards like achieving a set goal that I have because I've always kind of been like it's helpful for me to have something that I'm working towards be it like progressing in a career or getting better at a skill or you know currently like how do I get into medical school um, and become a physician and I think that when I started this program um, and even in, in grad school too I did this as well but it was more like okay I need to be more selective about what I'm, how I'm spending my time. And so like grad school um, outside of, of the classroom and outside of like working um, because I was trying to get experience in, you know, working for like a nonprofit. I worked for a social, um, a social marketing like consulting firm as an internship during school and was taking classes at night. Uh, outside of that, I was like, okay, well, how am I, um, like still finding time for self care. And it was nice that some of some, some of the things sort of like overlap. So I love the idea of trying to find spaces where you are like getting, getting time to like give back or volunteer, but also you're getting to do something that you love. So like in grad school, I um, volunteered with a group on campus called rhythm and we would go and play and like sing in, um, hospitals and like elderly homes for people. Uh, but that was great. Cause like one of my passions that I've had since undergrad was, is playing guitar and singing. And that's something that like calms me down is a de-stress for me. It's, um, it's almost like meditative. And um, that was something that I was like, I need to do this in order to like be an effective person outside of um, everything else that I was doing. I think similarly now, I, I've tried to be intentional about balancing, um, taking advantage of opportunities that are presented to me, but also being cognizant of like realistically how much time I have to give to certain things and not trying not to feel like, oh man, I need to be doing everything. Cause I think that's like a recipe for a disaster. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you felt the same when you started a few, like, especially like coming into this program, had you had experience where you were doing a lot of things and, and now it's sort of like solidified, like, oh, I need to, you know, yeah, lessen was, my workload. There was a lot of times in undergrad where I'm like, I could just, I could just do it all. Like I got time. I don't need to sleep. Yeah. Like I'm forever young. I got this. And like, not saying that I'm old now, but um, I think it really came to be about what is it that you prioritize and kind of even bringing it back in with your grandmother grandmother wanted to raise children but you still wanted to be a doctor but they couldn't happen at the same time if she's going to have you said three there you have like your dad has two siblings yeah two younger siblings yeah so the fact that she had to balance this and you know it was not nearly as this heavy gravity for my decisions but i like the idea of thinking about how she knew she couldn't balance these two things so decided to go with what was higher priority for her. And I think she made the right decision <laughs> and then went back uh, into medicine later, which is really cool. And 
I think that for me, it was with being involved with clubs because I love clubs just because of the people that they attract. And I liked being on opposite sides of the kinds of people that were in clubs. Like for me, the biggest clubs I was in in college was my fraternity and the newspaper. And they were very different people. And I could get a lot of different ideas while talking about the same topics. One would go left, one would go right, not politically, just in terms of the argument. <laughs> um, but it was just interesting to see that. But as we're getting with this, I need to have more plug and play extracurriculars in the sense that reading, guitar playing, drawing, those are things that you could pick up, do them for a little bit and get back to doing whatever you have to do, which is sad in a way because you don't really get to expose yourself to as many schools of thought, but uh, yeah. it's, it's, kind of, it's kind of the give and take, but I completely understand what you're saying. Cause I used to be like, yeah, sign me up. Give me in there. Yeah. Love to. <laughs> well, I think what you said is like important to kind of note. It's sort of like I mentioned that um, that there's some level of like sacrifice, at least that I saw my family members who pursued medicine make um, in this like pursuit. And I think not that they were the same sacrifices at all, but it is something where you have to decide like what are what are you capable of handling and also like what are you willing to give up at this time and maybe it's only for like a year that you give it up maybe it's only for two years you know like i definitely play guitar less now <laughs> but yeah. i still get to do it in interspersed and in things or um maybe i'm not involved in quite as many things but mm -hmm. that's okay like i i've you know like doing pbs with with you and with the other eboard members has been awesome and it's it, the nice thing is that i get exposure to all of the other clubs without needing to be like intimately involved um, yeah. or attending every single event, um, which is really nice. So that was like, you know, a decision that, that I made. And I think that it's about, you know, I, if for me, it's like, okay, well, here's an opportunity that's presented to me. Do I want to do it? Um, if yes, am I comfortable with making, XYZ sacrifices in the pursuit of doing this thing. So like for me, it's like, I love what I do for work. Um, like first as a coordinator and now as like a Meezy scholar for Dr. Cannon in the Department of Trauma Surgery. And I, I like love that. And I think it's great because it gives me, like I get, I get a taste of what, you know, what being a physician in the future is gonna be like. I get to be involved in some research and, and all of that stuff is great, but it definitely means for me that, and, it, and I knew this when, when first starting um, about like a year and a half to two years ago, that it would mean that I would not be able to do as many things outside of work and school. And I had to decide if I was comfortable with that. And yeah. for me, it was like, well, I really want to do this. I think the opportunity is great. So yes. <laughs> and then you kind of just gotta, you have to like follow through with that. But then the thing to remember too is like, nothing's fixed, right? Like I, when you're making these decisions of like what you want to dedicate your time to, it's okay. Or at least this is what I tell myself. <laughs> and I told myself initially, I was like, okay, if I start working and I'm like, no, you know what, this is going to be too much for me. I'm really not having the time that I need to balance everything and like focus on these other things that I think are like I've identified as being more important Then I knew that if that was the case, I would change my reality, right? Like mm -hmm. nothing is ever fixed. I feel like people sometimes get into this like mindset where they're like, okay, well, I made that decision. So I need to stick with that decision. Um, and I just think I, for me personally, um, I guess I've gotten a lot of like freedom and in thinking of it as like a flexible thing. So that whole idea of like the pencil path, that's why I love that quote so much that I like just learned. I'm seriously, I'm going to like write it on my wall or something, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I think, I think it's, it's important to think that things aren't necessarily like fixed and they're not forever. So yeah i don't know that's that's my perspective though i know that's not for everyone but it's helpful for me to think about it um in that way and then once i made that decision too it's about okay well then how do i make 
the like if I am balancing work and school and like post-box society or something then how do I make that work for me without getting overwhelmed or without getting you know run down or burnt out or anything and I think for me I don't know if you do the same but for me it involves like having some time in the morning that I dedicate to sort of like checking in with myself and it's almost like a brief little like sometimes it's actually meditating and sometimes it's like making my coffee and that's meditative right like and and just reflecting on like okay how am i how am i today and is this decision that i made still serving me Mm. in like a is my mental state okay am i still like happy with this decision um i think that's really important too and it ties back to that idea that like nothing's fixed or forever um Yeah. yeah And I think that that gets into a very philosophical debate of kind of that, I don't know, like, I think part of happiness is a choice. It's not like a location you get to where you kind of, I don't necessarily think every day, was this the right choice? But where I'm at is already consciously deciding that this is what I'm going to do. If at one day I wake up and it's the opposite and I'm like, I don't want to do this anymore. I think that would be something more realistic to how my mind works, but just kind of setting up Mm. that deciding that I'm going to be in a good mood today. I'm going to be happy with the decision that I'm making. And then how can I work towards kind of bettering that realistically today? So I don't know. I think it's interesting that you have a very different, uh, like a different but paralleled kind of headspace in it. And I can't think of a better note to end on with you saying that, uh, write your passions in pen and your play and your path in pencil. Yeah, I think it was, um, I think it's a quote by Gabriela Cardoza. I want to make sure to like credit where credit's due. I definitely did not come up with that, but I do love it. Um, and I think it's helpful for me to, to think of it in that way. But yeah, this was really fun. Dean, thanks yeah. for having me. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us, Danny. It's going to be a wonderful podcast for the viewers out there. If you uh, enjoyed the show and uh, check out with us next time.